and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. else's spider sense tingling welcome to walloping web snappers a spider-man podcast where we dive into every spider-man cartoon ever made i'm derek no i'm derek (laughs) (laughs) i it took me a minute to get what you were doing doug i'm derek is your (laughs) (sighs) well is your spider sense tingling because i know mine is no because i'm just a normal guy and not a super powered disguise spy man <laughs> impersonating my co-host right <laughs> i hate this so much i hate this so much we'd like to th- take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons Bo, carl katie jason zoe james keith cody and david thank you so much and guess what speaking of patrons what? You never could have. You never could have guessed that we had some word staffers no. words last week. Last week, because you know I just elegantly <laughs> worked those in. They were not shoehorned in whatsoever. I had a brilliant idea uh-huh. of this being like, yeah, they go out for drinks and then weave that in to the words, which were Madam Web makes marvelous margaritas, sent in by Bo Harper. Mm. Here's my problem, though. I think it would have worked if I had like continued that thought, and I was hoping that I could just in the moment come up with like another Marvel character serving a drink and pick it out. I couldn't think of any Marvel characters or any drinks <laughs> after I said that. I was just like, Madam Wem makes marvelous margaritas. Yep. She sure does. And that's it. Like, I don't know. Could, like, Iron Man makes a good Manhattan or something like yeah. that. Like, couldn't think anything. Absolutely nothing. And then it was just sort of like, well, now it's obvious what was happening. So, okay. You know what? Um, it's a game for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And that was the day that I lost. <laughs> If you'd like to play Word Snappers is a game we play with our patrons where every month a patron of any level has the opportunity to just submit like five words or like a phrase for us that we have to work it into an episode that we record that month, uh, whether they make any sense or not. Madam Web makes marvelous margaritas is a great is a is a good one. Yeah. And Bo always sends in like good like um, alliterations. Mm-hmm. So I like that relevant to the Madam web movie that i know we're all super excited Stoked. about that's coming out soon but yeah i just i i there's another universe where i made that work in really well yeah. uh but just didn't happen this time unfortunately it's the ultimate universe and <laughs> oh, we're wow. in the 616 i'm so sorry to tell you <laughs> yeah is the 616 universe the bad one now no it's just <laughs> the that... one where you didn't make it work <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> Although I don't know, there's a new Ultimate Universe. Maybe it sucks. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we are not talking about Ultimate anything. We are not talking about six one six anything. We are, in fact, talking about no. Marvel's Spider-Man, the 2017 series, specifically Marvel Spider-Man 2017 season two episode nine. Bring on the bad guys, part four. Maybe my string of bad luck's finally. <laughs> hit rock bottom supposed to be clear skies today where'd that lightning come from that'd be me name's electro and i gotta thank you spider guy bogus must be the hyperconductor core again come on electro get it together maybe it's a capacitor problem have you tried 
Why am I giving the bad guy suggestions? Oh, maybe. Let me just... Ha! Got it! Thanks for the tip! Why am I always building science projects under so much pressure? Silly spider! You can't hide from me! Spidey, are you okay? Uh, I'm gonna be sore in the morning. But here, Max. There should be enough electricity in this power cell to run every project in the open house. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna be able to hold the open house now. Miles, you won't believe what- Where are you? You're not robbing a bank right now, are you? Uh, no. You sure? Yeah, pretty sure. If Chief Watanabe's in the Daily Bugle studio, then who are you? Chief Watanabe, if I choose to be. Or maybe you remember me as a certain Avenger. What did you think of me leading you straight to Mysterio, by the way? Or I can be someone a little more familiar. Knew you'd never be able to sit by and watch yourself rob a bank. No identity is safe from the chameleon. Chameleon? Never even heard of you. What is all this? It's only fair that you get to see the true face of your enemy before the final phase of the plan unfolds. Say goodnight, Spider-Man. Is this one of your tricks, Spider-Man? Yeah, what's going on here, web for brains? How are there two of me? Two of you? There are two of me! You're a fake! I'm a fake! Look at this strong jawline! You're the fake! Nope! No, I cannot take two of him! This ends now! Wow, Spidey. How did you know which one was the genuine journalist? And which one was the deplorable doppelganger? I didn't. I just took a shot. The synopsis for IMDb is, Spidey tracks the identity of the mysterious boss that put a price on his head and who has been sending villains after him. The original air date was August 6, 2018, which is the same day as the last episode, so they just aired as a one-hour block together. This episode was written by Jennifer Murrow, which is really interesting. For a couple of reasons. Um, for one reason, this is her only episode of any Spider-Man series she's ever written, which is a rarity um, with, with yeah. the shows that we cover. Usually, usually it's like multiple episodes or multiple Spider-Man shows or something like that. Especially around this time when the shows are kind of connected, you'll see like crossover here and there. Yeah, because like an Ultimate Spider-Man came out at such a, you know, so closely before this one that usually, like most writers who worked on this show also worked on yeah. Spy ultimate Spider-Man, like to be honest. So it's an, it's an odd one to see someone who's never worked on any Spider-Man series and really like not much other Marvel stuff in general, except uh -huh. <laughs> arguably her biggest credit uh, credit right now is that she was the story editor on Marvel's secret invasion series, which is a show that a lot of people have opinions about. You might hear that and be like, Oh no. Or you might hear that and be like, eh, I don't feel like anybody's like super strongly thinks that show is an A plus, yeah. but I don't know. I personally haven't watched it. Don't really care. Started watching it. Didn't finish it, which I can't say for any other Marvel TV show. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can. I'm behind on most most MCU things right now, yeah. to be fair. So my opinion literally doesn't matter. But most people I trust <laughs> didn't have great yeah. things to say. Some people really hated it, but I feel like. There, I feel like there are people who are sort of like, There's it was fine. There's good stuff in there. It's just not sure. necessarily sure. one that grabbed me and seemingly other people yeah. as well. 
Yeah, and it's definitely this is it's a it is a rarity I feel like for children's cartoons to have that level of crossover with one of the major MCU yeah. projects, you know? Like I mean, Secret Invasion had Samuel L. Jackson and Don Cheadle in it and yeah. you know, like it is it is wild that someone who wrote on the 2017 Spider-Man show was able to become the story editor on a live action MCU yeah. show. Um which I mean it, it it shouldn't be that distinctive a line, but like that's the reality of it. So like good for oh, her sure. for being able to sort of cross over into that level and I'm sure it was a huge huge uh, pay difference from working on this cartoon. Bummer that yeah. that was the project that that she ended up on. Um but you know Hopefully she gets to do more things yeah. that are better <laughs> later. Yeah, and what a weird position to be in because, like, working in the MCU in general, I feel like positions, you can't always predict exactly oh, yeah. whether it's going to be analogous to other things because, like, story editor for a show in the MCU is kind of odd because you also have, like, the executive level sort of, like, show running the whole universe. Like, it's got to be a weird, weird position yeah. to be in. And I think that it depends on the show, too, because I think oh, like, yeah. being a showrunner for WandaVision is probably different than being a showrunner for Secret Invasion, which was, I think, originally intended to be very, very, very interweaved into the larger MCU like timeline and story and everything. Yeah. I'm sure that that's not really going to be the case now. But um, but 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 I'm sure there probably was more you know, oversight on a show yeah. like that than there was other shows. So it's probably a hard position to be in for, I, I truly like don't envy any, no. any, any creatives period who work in the MCU. No. Cause like, I Especially feel like after recent comments, I just hope no one ever wants to work for them again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a crapshoot like for how much control you really in creativity you can really have. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to have much power as yeah. a creative. Um, no one else has been a James Gunn. Yep. Yep. So all that's to say, you know, not, not a great, not a great credit history for Jennifer Morrow, but I don't put any of the blame on her, you know, uh, as far as I know. So or I'm not going to, I'm not going to, Hard to attribute it specifically yes. to her. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's. I think you can't unless you learn more. I yeah. think based on the credits alone, um, she's written on a bunch of other stuff. That's not the only thing she's done. She's done. A, I mean, really, it Secret Invasion is the, is the only like non children's property that she's worked on. Um, she's worked on like Legend of Vox Machina. She's worked on Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters, Justice League Action, all stuff that has come up. Um, from other yeah. writers uh, that we, that we've that we've seen before, she also was a writer, either a writer or editor on like various preschool age shows, including like Dora the Explorer and like a recent Care Bears show. So sure. she's dabbled in a bunch of stuff. This is just a fun fact for us. Her earliest credit on IMDb, the first thing, as far as I know, that she ever did was working as a post production coordinator on Stripperella, specifically on the exact episode that we did an After Dark commentary wow. on. A couple of years ago. Wow. Yep. That's a wild coincidence. Weird, right? We live With in a TV show. Episode. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 The episode was directed by Dan Duncan, who is one of those directors we have talked about all the time. Uh, yes. The so, yes. One of our regulars. Yeah, we get a few characters introduced here. We get an Electro. We get this universe's Electro, oh, uh, voiced by Daisy Lightfoot. 
she has provided voices for a handful of Marvel properties, um, specifically in this same year. So she voiced a character named Natalie in Marvel Rising Initiation, who is Riri's childhood friend, a character from the comics. Um, she also voiced Shuri in a Lego Marvel superhero short and Shuri and some additional voices in 20 episodes of Avengers Assemble. So she was just kind of like in the rotation for, you know, these shows and voicing characters in this universe, um, which is a pretty cool position to be in, honestly. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. For sure. We also get Chameleon. Uh, If if my very successful bit at the top of this wasn't clear. (laughs) That was my fault. you, You did good. I just wasn't I wasn't catching on to what you were giving out. That I, was my fault. I debated on cluing you in because I knew I was doing the like the the sort of surprise line one line earlier, but I was like, eh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's funny because there have been times where we've said each other's names as our own names. <laughs> right. But also there was a really similar not exactly, but there's a similar bit. You you would have heard it by now, yeah, because it would have come out like a couple weeks ago now. But like the gimmicks episode, oh. <laughs> did with Hamish Steele, um, which is a really fun episode, and you should check it out. He does a really similar bit with me because that Doctor Who episode we're talking about is about repetition. And there's a point when he just started <laughs> repeating what I was saying as a bit. And wow. I, I also like with you, like didn't really catch on at first. And then once I did, I didn't know what to do and just like almost like collapsed. Like Me? I, I think I don't know. I think I don't, I think I, th- I think I'm just bad at handling that type of situation. Like I can improv certain things, yeah. but there's a certain level of anxiety that I get. If you're like repeating me well, or imitating me in some way, I can't like say something funny to make you say something funny. Like my brain just like short circus. Cause I don't know what to do. It's also not super fair because knowing when, knowing that you are in an improv environment is different than just being thrown an improv scenario and responding. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I broke the rules. That's fair. Also, yeah. Maybe Hamish and I are actually the same person, and I just slipped up on keeping it a secret. Oh, God. Oops. Don't do this to Chameleon. me. Chameleon. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Um, okay. Here's the thing about Chameleon. Um, <laughs> he's voiced by Patton Oswalt. Sorry. I love you, Patton. I don't like this. Bad choice. Terrible Why? choice. Why is the show choice. determined to pit me against Patton Oswalt? I hate it. Like, so it's, bad. It's a bad choice again. I thought he was a bad choice for Uncle Ben. And I think he's a bad choice for this. It's weird. He doesn't fit either one of these characters. No. That's not to say he couldn't. Well, no, I just don't think he's a good choice for either of these. There's so many other characters in this very show well, that he would be it, right for. If there was a comic, if they were doing a comical version of Chameleon, maybe he would do it. You know, like if there was like a version of Chameleon that like, yeah. like how villains on like the Harley Quinn show are presented, I could see a Pat sure. and Oswald Chameleon. The problem is that this Chameleon. Totally straight. Yeah, he's a he's played pretty straight, and he's meant to be like the big bad of this. Yeah, and Patton Oswalt is like it's it's weird because I feel like he's trying to play a villainous performance, but because he's Patton Oswalt, he literally just can't. He doesn't have the voice for it, so it, it ends up feeling like a comedic character that is just not comedic. Yeah, it's strange. It's One of the things I like about Patton Oswalt is his voice. I really enjoy his voice. It's very distinct, and it has a particular quality that I like. Mm-hmm. He, but part of that is that it's not sinister or menacing, or yeah. like or, he just doesn't have like a roughness to his voice that can be applied to these situations. He can play a bad guy, and he has 
if it's if the whole idea of the character that he's playing is sort of the subversion of yeah like oh this like silly little man is actually psychotic like yeah i've seen him do that before Otto octavius he, he could play an Otto octavius i think he could play an Otto octavius yeah i think that they could do something like that um so it's just that's i think that's what surprises me more is that like it's not that they are deploying Patton oswalt in a villainous role it's that it's like why was this the villainous role yeah. you deployed. Like, did he really want to play chameleon? I, I can't know. imagine that. Cause it's not a very interesting character to play. So why, why did they pull him in for this? Like yeah. he could have, I would have accepted him as many villains. I would have like of all the silly villains that the, if he like played voiced hippo or something, that would have been fucking fun as hell. You know, sure. like yeah. I, any of the silly villains, villains that they played, he probably, I, I, I love Boo Boo Stewart as Jack-O-Lantern, but like if they he asked Pat Oswalt, I think that he could have had a fun take on Jack-O-Lantern, you know? Yeah. Why, why was your big villain that is not played comedically, for the most part, the one that you get Pat Oswalt to play? It's, I don't understand. It's really bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's so strange. He's so good in so many things, and I hate that the show has done him wrong in this yeah. way twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very weird. Weird. Uh, like I mentioned, he's Uncle Ben in the series. Uh, we talked about him before, but as a reminder, he's Spence in King of Queens, Remy in Pixar's Ratatouille, uh, and Modoc in the Hulu series Modoc. Since we started covering this series, he's also appeared in The Sandman, a couple episodes of The Boys, and in a post credit scene of The Eternals as a horrific CG Pip the Troll. <laughs> Speaking of the state of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. I, I don't... Patton Oswalt could have just been Pip the Troll, which isn't to say he looks like a troll, but like, why not? He's kind of a little dude. Put him (laughs) in some funny makeup. Right. If you want to throw in the CGI, make the CGI, make him look small. Like you don't have to create him. Yeah. Create a character wholesale. (laughs) I I hated that so much. Speaking of things that do him wrong, that post credit scene did him wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Weird. Um, We have gotten references to this character but we finally meet her properly in this episode yuri watanabe uh chief watanabe uh, is voiced by sumali montano and um she's also someone i'm surprised we've never crossed paths with um Hmm. just based on some of the things she's done oh yeah her first voice credit was as putting in the space channel 5 series on the dreamcast um, which I just thought was interesting because it's like a weird music game that's very funny. Um, okay. She also provided several voices in Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. She was Mystique in X-Men Destiny, uh, the video game. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, she was Mystique. She was Shay Vizla in Star Wars The Old Republic, Nyreen in Mass Effect 3, uh, okay. the Omega DLC. She's Whitney Chang in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Mantis in Telltale's Guardian of the Galaxy. Like These are all things I would have expected to sort of cross over here. It just took us 214 episodes for it to happen. Hmm. Um, And she's Renee Montoya in Telltale's Batman, the enemy within, which I think is cool. Yeah. I mean, I played so many of these games and I've liked her performances. And for some reason, uh, her, her name, like if you told me her name, I would not have recognized it, even though I'm sure I've seen it in so many credits, so many video game credits. So I'm glad to like be getting to know her here because her career is awesome and she's played a lot of characters and right. a lot. So she's she's voiced RC in a number of Transformers things, Katana in a number of Batman things. Like, yeah, yeah. she's she's cool and I don't really know why we didn't know her name. Fascinating. Yeah, glad mm-hmm. I know it now. Yeah, she's also done a whole bunch of live action television and has had some minor roles in live action film. But damn, the video game and comic book stuff is a little bit more interesting here on this show. Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. All right, so 
part four, part four. <laughs> opens with a bang. A very mm-hmm. exciting opener here. Uh, it opens with Peter finishing up his power amplifier project literal minutes before he is supposed to be at Horizon High for the open house. In order to make it on time, he suits up and whips off, but just blocks away from Horizon, he's blasted by a bolt of lightning from a villain named Electro. She shares that if she can collect the bounty on Spider-Man's head, she can complete her Electro suit, which promptly malfunctions. I fucking was so happy to see this Electro. She's so cool. cool. Her personality is so fun. Her design is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we've had... Like th- we have not had a female electro on our on this show, but I know there have been female electros. But from what I've seen, female electro is usually just like literally feminine mm-hmm. form electro, same costume, mm-hmm. all the same stuff. This is like actually a different take on yeah. a female electro. <laughs> yeah, I it's so clever. Like the way I mean, the, you know, they they sort of they take the ultimate route where it's like a blue blue color scheme for her lightning, which is smart in her whole costume. But like, it's such a smart thing to do. Like, she almost has like anime hair yep. in a way to then justify the like electro star shape. Instead of having a star mask, she has like basic almost star shaped hair. Yeah, and it's not like super obvious. Like, I mean, once you know it, it's sort of like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but like, it's not something where it's just sort of like, oh, you just drew a star on her head. Like, they did design the hair of a character that doesn't stick out that much on this show that often has like anime inspired designs but it's like then when you know that she's electro it's like oh that's her electro insignia essentially that's great that's so fucking clever um you know and i also think that i'm kind of surprised unless there's one that i'm not thinking about i'm sort of surprised that we don't normally see an electro or haven't otherwise seen an electro that is like the the take that they have on her personality of just being an inventor who's kind of haphazardly putting the suit together in a mm-hmm. way that I think kind of mirrors her electric powers where it's just sort of like kind of like very unpredictable and like kind of haphazard. Like the way that electricity is just sort of like going everywhere and shocking people and very dangerous yeah. to be around. She as a person is walking around haphazardly plugging shit in to yeah. other shit. Just be like, Oh, let me test this caster. Oh no. And then it's just going to electrocute it all over the, like, it's just like yeah. not properly, like not properly testing things. Like that's such a fun take that I'm, it almost feels so obvious that I'm surprised we've never seen it before with yeah. electro yeah it's i feel like the electros that we've seen that do get a cool character is it or like a like some depth to them mm-hmm. are usually kind of in the opposite direction where they're like inward and reserved and like don't really speak much so then like like spectacular is like this guy who's just like full of rage but like doesn't have a place to put it and so when he's electro he's like Rah! you know yeah, yeah she's just like confident and like says exactly yeah. what she's thinking um, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting, and I don't know if there's a basis for this anywhere in comics or what, or if this is like totally an original creation here. She's Electro before anything happens to her. Like, mm-hmm. this is, I know sometimes we, we razz on the like tech based superpower of it all, but in mm-hmm. this case, it's actually kind of cool. She's just kind of a regular person who makes herself Electro through gear. But yeah. then that goes wrong in a sort of electro-y way. I don't know. There's something about this electro that was just like really exciting to see. It felt like such a cool, fresh 
like perspective yeah. on this character. Like she's almost like um, it's not like she's not bad at what she's doing, but she she's so confident that she doesn't like take proper precautions or anything. Yeah. Like in the in and the she's way, clearly like, green. Like she's she's not right. tested this stuff out in the way <laughs> that like lightning just sort of can strike randomly and yeah. be very and and like the danger of it is almost the randomness of it. It's just like just if there's something that can conduct lightning, it'll just get struck by lightning. Like she like she mirrors yeah. that more than just the idea of power you know what i mean like and that that yeah, feels so much it's more cool. interesting to me it's like yeah 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 it's like um like you know how i think fire is probably the element that is like so obviously characterized by people's temperament and personality mm-hmm. and what like fiery aggressive sort of whatever personalities equate fire but i feel like yeah things like lightning aren't as clear. And this feels like it could be the standard for like what a lightning sort of character would be like. Like unpredictable, like the type of person who like definitely slept through their alarm and like rushed to throw this together. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like slightly volatile. (laughs) Just, yeah. Right. Right. But just slightly. (laughs) She's cool. She's really, really cool. Yeah. So many really just like smart, clever decisions that don't feel arbitrary. Like they feel like it was just really well thought out and inspired. Well, and it also like, you know, speaking to uh, the conversation we were having last week about like still giving these villains motivations, her motivation is that she, she's sort of like, you see how like messy the suit is. This is why (laughs) I need more funding to make it better. Ergo, (laughs) accept this bounty to make the suit better. Like, yeah, like she's a fucking messy bitch. And like, I love that, that, that is part of her motivation for pursuing (laughs) Spider-Man. That's part of like her, her, that's part of her origin for why she becomes the the bigger version of Electro. That's part of why she's an electric villain at all is because like of course a messy bitch is going to be just electrocuting everything like it all works it's a it's such a smart and again like it's just so it's it's quick it's not like super deep but it's like it's everything you need to know about a Mm well-crafted super villain you know yeah Yeah, is this like 10 minute version of electro this like messy bitch electro (laughs) like my new favorite electro it's definitely um, one of the best that right? we've seen, which I think because Electro speak... isn't really always that. No. Pardon the pun, electrifying a character, you know, no. like doesn't always pop. I feel like Spectacular is currently my favorite, and I feel like this is this is as inspired, if but not I feel, more so. Not to you know, and not to make this a backhanded compliment at the Spectacular Electro, but I feel like one of the reason that 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 Max Dillon pops so much is because. He actually has a character. Like, what other Electro even has a characterization at all? You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, even in in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Jamie Foxx has a character, uh, like, until he becomes Electro. And then, like, all of his characteristics are, like, completely sort of, like... Yeah like uh i don't know toned entirely like yeah. turned entirely down you know yeah, and then in like no way home he shows up and it's just like i'm jamie fox oh, and it's like that. oh who the hell are you okay <laughs> don't get me started on that <laughs> so low on the list maybe the bottom of the list separate from amazing too so dumb <laughs> cool they got yeah. him just gonna appreciate they got him yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like you you it's okay if you do absolutely nothing. Just play yeah. yourself. You don't have to act. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, she does manage a fix um when her Thanks suit Thanks to Spider-Man. 
like giving her accidental advice. Well, I know that's so funny, right? Because like he's, he's a science nerd and kind of leaning engineering and he sees somebody with like technology that's like visible technology that he can Mm -hmm. put together. He's just been engineering like an energy source. He's probably been doing a bunch of electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's very funny that he ends up helping her. And then eventually is sort of like, I got to stop giving her hints. Like, um, but yeah, so she manages a fix with Spider-Man's help and then continues to attack Spider-Man. Of course, this is not a Prowler situation. She feels no sense of owing him anything. And Spider-Man's not fighting well because uh, it's been probably another 12 hours without sleep. Uh, and so he's like just barely avoiding her electric attacks. He does manage to web her up pretty briefly when her suit malfunctions yet again, but she escapes in a massive electro blast, which knocks Spider-Man prone and knocks his power amplifier out of his bag. She notices this. She snags the amplifier. She plugs it right into her suit and the suit overloads and she seemingly transforms into a being of pure electricity after she seemingly just like vaporizes Vanishes. vaporizes perfect word yeah yeah wild wild i, I, I remember we were watching we watched this was this is one that we watched on a discord live watch together yep. and that moment happened it was just like <gasps> what because it's a beat like before yes. and and the thing is like knowing that these are short segments like it would be dark but it's also sort of like that might just be how they end it. Like it would actually be kind of a, f- it'll be dark, but kind of a funny, darkly funny ending that it's sort of like Spider-Man fights this villain who just like overcranks it so much that she just yeah. vaporizes herself. And he's just like, Oh, okay. Like that would be a fascinating yeah. ending for, I it, think there's, you know? I think there are shows that could pull that off. Yeah. I don't know. I, I bought it for a second. The, well, I bought that she was gone, but I, I assumed that she had turned into electricity in the way that like, was mm-hmm. MTV's kind of did that too, right? Oh, so I was yeah. like, maybe it's yeah. kind of doing that thing and she'll sort of reconstitute in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, luckily she's fine. <laughs> well, not fine, but yeah, she I exists. Say fine. <laughs> yeah, she's not. She dead. has a, you know, corporeal form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. She's a being of pure electricity. Good for her. Yep. Uh, at Horizon. We haven't seen Max in a while, but uh, here he is. Uh, he is with the students preparing to open the doors for their open house. But before they can, of course, of course, Spider-Man and Electro crash right through the front of the building. So everyone who's there is like either hiding or evacuating as they're fighting. Electro, this like pure being of electricity, Electro is attacking relentlessly. Um, so Spider-Man's going to obviously have a hard time. And he starts to like sneak around and grab bits and pieces from the students projects that are all around there. Um, and it's actually, it's, I think it's a really fun little sequence because like, it is like this like energy monster, which I don't know if we talked about fucking cool as hell design for her energy form. Cool like design. Form so fucking cool. Very cool movement. The way she yeah. moves fucking rules. It's like, I don't, there's, there's gotta be a word for it. Cause I've seen it in so many things, mm-hmm. but like the sort of like brief, like super speed, almost teleport from yeah. one spot to another. They do that as it's, and it's like, it's almost, it feels like a stealth mission in a video game where you have this creature patrolling and yeah. Spider-Man is just sneaking right behind her, like grabbing something before she turns around and sees him. They even like play it for comedy a little bit. Cause there's one point where he's like humming, like <laughs> as he's stealing something right behind her. She doesn't yeah. see him. Like it's such a fucking cool, fun little sequence. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. She's very cool. Yeah. 
and and but the the reason he's collecting all of these like super super genius horizon projects is because he has all the components to quickly throw together an anti-electro suit as you do as you, you know do. <laughs> so you equipped do. with the anti-electro suit spider-man leads electro outside and she's pretty confident that this suit is too janky to work I would certainly think so. He threw it together in like five minutes. So she's like, whatever. I'm just going to blast you. Uh, Doesn't work. He uses a suit to drain her of her power until she is once again a normal human girl um, with a busted electro suit, which caught me by surprise. I didn't realize that like she was still under there. (laughs) Oh, me too. Yeah. I thought it was just like, this is just her now. This is just her. Yeah. 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 Just like a better version, like a an infinitely better version of MTV's take. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, Max rushes outside to see if Spider-Man is okay. Uh, Spider-Man turns over the reservoir of collected energy to him to power the open house. And Max says, you know what? Don't worry about it. Everything's <laughs> destroyed. We can't do the open house tonight. <laughs> I like, th- I love the line reading that he has. The Spider-Man's like, sorry, like, uh, like, uh, hey, um, are, are you gonna, you'll be able to have your open house now. There's enough power for it. And Max is just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. And it's like, and it's just like a shot of just like the smoking building where like all the windows have been shattered. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, foolish uh, and, that he thought it would still happen. <laughs> and and I also love that they acknowledge that like the other students aren't happy that Spider-Man used their project in this in this scenario. Yeah. Like they're all mad at him. Like he's just like, Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, you uh you you helped defeat the bad guy. And they're like, You didn't even like ask us, man. You <laughs> like, fucked what up you all doing? of our projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Uh, this is a fun segment. I mean, it it's sort mm-hmm. of like has the same energy as the Jack o' Lantern segment. So I'm it all does. for it. I like it a lot. Also, it just occurred to me because we're talking about Max, like we don't get this Electro's name. Yeah. Um, so it is, but but it is kind of smart because you have the segment with Max Modell in it, and you don't have to worry about having two Maxes in the same episode. Yeah. I'm still unless I unless I find out otherwise, I'm gonna assume this is just this universe's Max Dillon. I hope so. I love that. Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> so Max Modell points out how upset those students are. Uh, and so Spider-Man's like, all right, I'm out of here. Bye. Um, <laughs> and decides to use his now free evening to finally investigate who's been sending waves of villains after him the past few days. And I like this because it really just reinforces that he didn't have even a moment to pursue this before. The only time he ever got to pursue this at all was when he was actively fighting off villains. Yeah. Now he's got a free evening, so let's let's do our thing. Yeah. Um, he starts at the warehouse where, according to Prowler, the initial meeting with the mysterious benefactor occurred and starts to look around. Mm-hmm. He struggles to find any evidence of the meeting. Like they pretty much cleared it out entirely. They had a really good cleaner. What cleaner? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's nothing really there, but he does notice a secret compartment in the floor. And in that compartment, there are some documents and a daily bugle data stick with his footage of Spider-Man that he sold to the bugle. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, this is really weird. If the meeting happened here and there's footage of, of me attached to the daily bugle, Jameson's probably behind this. At least he could be, right? He doesn't get to think much more on that because Miles calls him, interrupting that train of thought. Hi, Miles. 
um, and sort of redirects to this new problem, which is that Spider-Man seemingly is robbing a bank. I love the way that Miles presents this information. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not, because he's not like, he's not like, hey, Peter, I think someone is impersonating you. He calls Peter and so like, hey, Peter, what are you doing right now? And it's like, you're not, you know, Peter's like, I'm, you know, investigating, blah, blah, blah. And Miles is like, are you sure? Are you sure you're not like robbing a bank right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good moment. I like it, it a lot. Is. It is. It is. Because um, I genuinely don't know if Miles is just being kind of sarcastic with him or if he genuinely is confused about the situation. It's hard I to think tell re- sometimes with this Miles. If yeah. he's like, because he, he, has, he has been a bit of an airhead before. Like he's smart, right. but he's like kind of a kind of an airhead <laughs> yeah super yeah. space cadet you know a little little naive sometimes yeah, yeah. yeah and to be fair spider-man's like been like under brainwashing before you know he's like yeah been, doc ock has controlled him before so you know yeah um it's, it's totally valid it's just it's just funny it's just a very funny way to present that yeah <laughs> i i was really interested when this happened because he starts to suspect jameson and i was like oh okay that's a pretty interesting lead and then I kind of thought that this was going to interrupt that storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be like, here's a taste and then, you mm-hmm. know, distraction. But they actually weave it all together, which I do think is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up figuring out what Miles is talking about. He just kind of like turns on a, a live feed of the bugle and sees seemingly himself uh, robbing a bank. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes there, obviously, because he's going to want to figure out what's going on. So uh, he sees the imposter escape with a smoke screen. Uh, he then manages to like shake the, the, the imposter manages to shake Spidey on foot after just a couple of blocks. I'm a little bit I was a little bit confused by this because um, like what I know who Chameleon ends up impersonating after this. Yeah. But it's still like Spider-Man just chasing him down an alley and makes a whole thing of like, how did he just disappear? And I would have thought it would have been like, oh, he like disappears into a crowd. But Spider-Man says that and there's like nobody around. Yeah. So how did Chameleon disappear actually? Because when we next see him, he shows up coming from the other side of the alley that they had just come from, like from behind. So how did he do that? This I is, feel like it was meant to be a crowd there that, that he disappeared in. I think the writing on this is totally fine. I think something got lost in translation when it yeah. was meant to, like when they put it to, you know, paper. Yeah. yeah. Um, because yeah, like even, like you, even the geography is not quite right. So information got lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do like the idea of, of him, you know, chasing him on foot and is like, I could beat him on foot. I'm fucking Spider-Man. Like right. he's just probably a guy. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, that would be sort of disorienting to be like, well, I just saw him. Like where, mm-hmm. what, what happened? So Spider-Man realizes that where chameleon or we don't know it's chameleon yet, where the imposter disappeared <laughs> was right in front of the daily bugle, uh, which, you know, that's going to look suspicious for Spider-Man. If he's already suspecting that Jameson is behind all of this. Right. Yeah. Um, so he evades a couple of officers on his way to the bugle, but is ultimately caught in an alley by Chief Watanabe. Uh, so Chief Watanabe won't hear him out. Spider-Man's like, no, there's an imposter. There's somebody being like a chameleon and impersonating me. <laughs> uh, and Spider-Man even like webs himself to a dumpster to be like, see, I'm not even trying to run off. You got to listen to me. Um, and Yuri kind of counters by uh, counters his theory about Jameson, right? Because Spider-Man's like, it's Jameson. It's Jameson is behind all of this. And she's like, why would a respected journalist be the perpetrator when <laughs> actually I'm the perpetrator and reveals <laughs> that she is, in fact, chameleon? Yeah. And 
And the rationale that he gives for revealing himself is that Spider-Man deserves to see the face of the man who's about to defeat him, which is just like weird villain shit, I guess. Sure, whatever. I don't, I don't know. What what do you think about all this? Here's the thing. Yeah. Two things that I like. I like Chameleon's design. Oh, yes. The face is really fucking cool. Yes. This is a good Chameleon design because not a lot of them are. No, because we were talking about wanting, wishing Chameleon could be like a robot design or whatever a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And like, this is kind of in the direction that we wanted. Like, it's a very, it's a very techie design and he's a hologram, he is a hologram creator. Like, it is, it it is a truly like almost like faceless, like droid type of face. I I, like that a lot. I almost wish they'd pushed, well, I, I'm not almost, I do wish they would have pushed it even further and made his like his face is unsettling because there's not yeah. really a face. I wish they had made his whole figure sort of unsettling. Like he just kind of has a standard body type yeah. for the show. I wish they'd made him like slender in some way or made him move kind of weirdly in some way when he's not disguised, just because yeah. I do think the face kind of gives that impression. Yeah. Um, and they could have done, you know, just a really cool, cool thing with him. You know, and then Patton Oswalt's voice comes out of him. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. He's not meant to be creepy, I guess. <laughs> I know. It, that's It's it's annoying because he's not, he's not even trying to be creepy. He's no. he's playing like kind of a, like almost like an old school villain. It just paid Patton Oswalt. It really is Patton Oswalt pretending to be a supervillain is what it sounds like, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, dude. But the thing that, the other thing that I like about it though is in theory, I think it is really smart for mysterious bounty person that we definitely know the identity of notwithstanding the idea of chameleon essentially being the big bad for this arc, I think is really smart because you have this whole underlying thread throughout all four of the bring on the bad guys episodes of really highlighting the, like, like just New York, New York uh, civilians as a whole really embracing Spider-Man as a menace and turning against him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what is the ultimate, um, the, the ultimate distillation of that idea it is someone who can be anyone first pretending to be Spider-Man, ruining his cred even more when people already think of him as a menace and yeah. then being able to turn into civilians that Spider-Man can't punch because already yeah. all the civilians hate him anyway. Yep. So like, I think it is the perfect, you know, I, I think that is a very clever way to like kind of interplay that with the civilians hating Spider-Man arc that has been going on and isn't really tied up in this episode either. I wish that they had done a little bit more with that with Chameleon. The Spider-Man imposter stuff works and getting, you know, the cops even more willing to arrest him and treating him like a criminal is good. Um, And you get a couple of brief moments with Chameleon, like pretending to be a civilian and Spider-Man, like not really knowing what to do with the situation. But I don't feel like you really get enough of it to really work beyond the baseline of the idea, you know? I think that helps me understand what I don't like about this moment. I think this moment exists because they didn't flesh this out further. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was annoyed that chameleon just reveals himself, even though they do give him a weird villain behavior explanation for it. And I can usually buy weird villain behavior, like monologuing or, you know, weird villain code shit. But I think the fact that like, yeah, there could have been so much more play there and they could have built up to that reveal in a way that wasn't just sort of like Chameleon being like, and it's me, like guy you've never seen, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I wish they'd what? done more with it too, especially because Chameleon can be really creepy if you do him right. 
and not even be. like horror creepy, just like unsettling and like yeah. thriller creepy, you know? Yeah. And also like, we don't really get, I think they're, they intentionally hide what his motivation is. Right. Cause they want to keep the whole mysterious benefactor thing a secret. But I think that ends up being a disservice as well, because a strength of this arc is that even these like, villains that we quickly are introduced to have some sort of clear motivation and because chameleon doesn't it's like okay well if you're not going to give us a good reason for why he's doing this if you want to hide that and save it for later potentially um then i think you have to supplement that by making everything else he does more interesting and then you have Patton oswald just playing him just yeah. as a straight villain who you, i guess is just paid for hire it feels like i think you might be able to play it off as not him not giving a motivation and that being specifically unsettling to Spider-Man because he's gotten an explanation from pretty much everyone else. Like I'm imagining the fight where he's, he's fighting chameleon and asks the same question he's asked to everybody else. And chameleon doesn't give him an answer. And Spider-Man starts guessing and gets frustrated at like the fact that he can't figure it out. Right. Yeah. I think you could play something with that depending on the Mm -hmm. tone you're going for, but I mean, the yeah. moment that Patton Oswalt's voice comes out, I'm like, well, it ruins all of it. <laughs> also, tone, tone is established. <laughs> another thing that annoyed me about this, um, I guess this is the payoff for the uh, the Captain America cliffhanger. Oh my too. god, what payoff? Where? Please point me to it. Direct me right. to the payoff. Because he literally like he's like turns he turns into Captain America, reference it as sort of like I led you to Mysterio, and so I'm like stupid. Why was that? First of all, Mysterio was already doing everything. Why did he need you to play Captain America to lead? Like, you would have Spider Mysterio, I'm sure, could have gotten him into one of his rooms, regardless of whether or not you played Captain America. And then it's sort of like, oh, so their intention, their intention, which I think was dumb and bad, their intention was that we would be left questioning how is Captain America here if he was supposed to be one of Mysterio's um illusions so he's real and that's and that's the shock of part two and then the payoff is chameleon was that captain america all along it wasn't an illusion because chameleon was playing captain america why did would anyone have ever thought that would have been like a shocking reveal worth leaving breadcrumbs for it all (laughs) i'm gonna give them less credit at at the cost of that episode being slightly worse than i thought it was and i still like that episode fine but like this is going to knock it down a slight peg. I don't even think they were doing that. I think they literally just like that stuff that we chalked up to being on a soundstage. I don't think was on a soundstage. I think I think it was on the bridge somehow. And I think that's stupid. I think Dumb, the, the, bad. the Avenjet might have been real. Like I, I, I don't I don't see any other explanation no, for it. Doesn't it. make any. That makes no fucking sense. That makes absolutely no but, sense. But what you're saying, I, I get what you're saying, and it makes sense the way you're saying it. But it's so it would be such a weird convoluted thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. But yeah. the show doesn't get convoluted as much as it gets overly simple, you know? Yeah. Not typically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's sort of like give us give us more, like push that further. <sighs> so now yeah. I'm now I think that that it was not on a soundstage and that I think degrades the quality of Mysterio's whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bummer. Chameleon didn't need to be involved in that at all. It's no, also, it makes why, and, and things also, worse. It he adds wasn't nothing. involved in any in any other villains' villain scheme. Why was he involved in Mysterio's? Mysterio would be the one that least needed help. 
Right. Like, why was Chameleon involved yeah. in that? Well, and he's it's it's weird because there also isn't any sort of like chameleon having been woven through the stories in a way that they could reveal. Right. That like, could have been interesting. That you could have done something with that. that. It would have been tough, but you could have done they, it. They didn't need it. I, I, no. I would I would not need it at all. But like if they wanted to, if they did it with Mysterio, supposedly, then they should have done it with all of them or right. more than just Mysterio. And then you could at least have this weird collection of characters that you're sort of like, I, what what is this weird trail they're leading us on? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it was, it was weird. I, this all could have been so much more elegant, which is what yeah. bums me out. Cause I think the ideas are good. And I think like you laid out perfectly using chameleon for this specific scenario as the sort of big, big bad is such a good idea. Like it, it all fits mm-hmm. into place. It's just, they didn't get from the big idea to the details uh, in any sort of elegant way. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Bah. Yeah. I don't like it. i'm so bummed because not only is this the end of the arc this also like i was looking i was like oh shit this is like the last episode that we cover for 2023 this is the day after christmas (laughs) we've been given so many delightful little gifts yeah so many delightful little gifts in this arc and like even the first half of this episode of the lecture was fun we still got a gift this week but i don't know the chameleon half it's just like such a bummer that like that's that the uh, one of the weaker segments is the one that it sort of lands on you know yeah yeah i don't know yeah like i wanted our fun little it would have been nice to get a christmas present of like another amazing bring on the bad guys episode that we loved for christmas yeah you know santa spidey coming inside santa spidey's coming to town and giving us another well good episode of the show is he though but <laughs> yeah but he's not yeah I guess he already, when you're listening, he already came, unfortunately, yeah. but you know, whatever. There's Hopefully he, <laughs> I still, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> decent stuff here. That's said stuff. You know, <laughs> it's not all the gifts we wanted from our Santa yeah. Spidey, but we got yeah. some. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where does this go? So, okay. Chameleon pulls a blaster on Spidey because Chameleon is now revealed, right? Spidey is now stuck to a dumpster. But despite being stuck to that dumpster, Spider-Man evades all of his shots. He asks Chameleon, why do you want to kill me? And Chameleon just laughs and points out that he doesn't want to kill Spider-Man. There's a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. And duh, this is just a stun gun. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> like, that was confusing. It's like, I don't what, understand What's that, the point uh, of that line? <laughs> like, It's just weird. weird. I think it's supposed to lead into the fact that Chameleon was, I guess, apparently like studying Spider-Man, which is what could have woven through each episode. I still don't understand what that ha- what a stun gun so, has to do with studying Spider-Man. It's it's not good. It's not good, but I I can I can connect the dots. So like okay. he he says it's not it's not even going to kill you. It's a stun gun. I would have thought that you a smart guy would have recognized that's that's what this was. Maybe you're not as smart as I thought you were. It's bad, but that's 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 why it's in there. Okay. And then it, then he gets to reveal that he has spent weeks researching Spider-Man at the Daily Bugle. Every other villain has been, like, try, have been okay with, like, I mean, Electro, I think, in this very episode says that it's okay if she brings in his dead body. So why is Chameleon bringing a stun gun to all of this and not just shooting him with it? Yeah. Gun? Well, especially because I, I thought the, the fact that Electro was like, I could bring you in dead. I thought that was actually interesting because yeah, it sort right. of implies, like, Oh, okay. This is a harder task than we thought. So mm-hmm. the the rules have changed. Like yeah. ideally bring him in alive, but, you know. Right. 
I have questions about that, but I don't think we're going to get answers for maybe a couple weeks or so. If not, I have questions about much further what this than that. Whole master plan is ultimately supposed to be. Well, we'll find out in the future. Yeah, I have a theory. I'm not going to say it right here. I don't think it's <laughs> okay. it's right for this conversation, but I have a theory. Okay. Um, so blaster. Apparently, Spider-Man's dumb for not knowing it's a stun gun or whatever. He manages to free himself, and this is where Chameleon sort of flees. He's like, oh, shit. All right, I'm out. Um, On the street, though, just like before, Spider-Man struggles to find the disguised Chameleon until Chameleon punches him from behind in the form of a sweet old lady. And then as an unassuming businessman, Spider-Man accuses some teenagers of being Chameleon, and they're like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Um, And this is just sort of the classic, like, how am I supposed to it's find fun. him? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I like that. It's that good. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, especially like you pointed out, they all hate Spider-Man right now. So this is kind of perfect. Right. He chases Chameleon to the Daily Bugle where he's confronted by a staff member who Chameleon is impersonating. So it immediately draws some attention. J. Jonah Jameson then comes out and is accompanied by a cameraman named Stan, who is Stanley. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's a fun little cameo, although... This is one of the first ones in a while that coming because this was, you know, in 2018. It's not a long time ago. I'm like, oh, he he sounds not to be mean. He sounds really old in some of this. And some of his line readings are like not even the Stan Lee oomph. That's just sort of like. He, he you're just giving him things to say. Yeah. And I don't even know if he even knows what he's saying. Which right now doesn't feel great considering yeah. some of, yeah, you know, right. his right. late in it, life situation. It, it felt like that. It didn't feel like he, I mean, you know, when he has the, like the, 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 like genuine journalist, deplorable doppelganger line later, I was yeah. like, that doesn't feel like a Stanley line reading. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like that, that it, I was kind of honestly a little bummed when I heard that. Yeah. Uh, that's knowing the real world context. So yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. 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 But, but it's a cute. Yeah, it's and cute. it's a good setup for how things sort of shake out. It's like nice mm-hmm. to have somebody else there for all of this. Yes. So having the cameraman there is is a good right. good detail. That was smart. Yeah. I oh, I agree. It is it is good detail, you know, and having almost kind of like a peanut gallery on what's going on too. Yeah. Um and like Jameson laughs at how dumb Spider-Man would have to be to show up at the bugle after having just being accused of robbing a bank. So it's like you're going to come to like the 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 news organization owned by like the person who hates you the most that is determined to take you down. What the hell, dude? Yep. And then, of course, Jameson gets tackled by the chameleon who turns into Jameson on the way down. So now there are two Jamesons. Oh, no. Who's the real Jameson? I am the real Jameson. No, I'm the real Jameson into it i think it's really fun mm-hmm. um and i also love that it's it's doesn't last for very long before spider-man's like i can't take two of them and just <laughs> slugs one of the jamesons just fucking sucker punches him yep. and <laughs> and like without any hesitation and like stands there to be like wow how did you know which one was real and spider-man's like i don't know i just punched one i of didn't them. <laughs> i had no idea took a chance either way it was gonna feel good (laughs) yeah i love that because then you get jameson's reaction to that which is like perfect absolute chef's kiss yeah good stuff (laughs) (laughs) well on the ground chameleon's mask seems to glitch out uh which lets spider-man know that chameleon's powers are seemingly hologram based that's all technology it seems like also it means spider-man really fucking walloped him (laughs) holy crap wow um which i like uh, Watanabe crowd. <laughs> wow. 
Watanabe crouches down to investigate further, and as she does, and as she tells Spider-Man he needs to stick around for questioning, Spidey thwips off. So she turns her back for like a second, and he's like, out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm not chasing that. Yep. Because <laughs> my work's done for the night. Yeah. 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 So later at the raft, uh-huh. Chameleon is here in prison, which, by the way, is the mask like grafted onto his face? Like, is that his face? I don't know. They, they call it a mask, but he's not taking it off. Right. Yeah. I would like to believe that it is not something he can take off or take off easily. Yeah. I, I think it would have to be. That um, fits which, you know, the version of Chameleon I want here. Makes him a little a little bit darker, you know, a little yeah. more fucked up. Um, especially if he like did that to himself, you know? Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but you know, having the mask doesn't matter because the guards like no superpowers work in the raft. Nah, 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 nah. So, <laughs> Millions just kind of stuck there. Fucking the guard dick. walks. <laughs> yeah, right. The guard walks off, and then the power goes out, and several several screens appear on a nearby column of computers, and of course, this mysterious benefactor appears on the screen. And Chameleon's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I failed. And the mysterious benefactor is like, oh, no, no, no. No need to apologize. Everything has gone according to my master plan. You couldn't even say that without, like, imitating this Otto Octavius. <laughs> like, it sounded like you were reading his line. I mean, I guess technically you were, but. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, to be fair, he doesn't call it a master plan. I no. embellished that part of it, but I mean. But the performance that you gave was very, yeah, no. like. 2017 auto octavius yeah no i really hope whatever his plan is ultimately makes sense in the next couple of weeks because i cannot see how these pieces all fit together he says spider-man has been prepared for the final phase of his plan so like my guess is that it has something to do with spider-man being worn down and studied or something i guess i don't know i just like i have a theory and i think if i'm right all the pieces will fall into place in a way that mostly makes sense okay 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 all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, at home, Spider-Man briefly reflects on the past few days before lying down for some sleep till, of course, an alarm sounds seconds later. Had that feel, bro. It's like, I just put to sleep and it's already morning again. I got no sleep. Oh, whatsoever. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's it. That's how the uh, that's how the arc ends. Mm-hmm. Not what I was expecting. I really expected this four-parter to be more contained within the four episodes. I'm eager to see what it leads into now that it's clear it's leading into what will probably be actually a six-part arc, you know, as opposed to a four-part arc. And potentially, like, nearly a half-season-long arc, depending on how things shake out. So, very eager. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get to final thoughts, yeah, I love this face of the episode you pulled. <laughs> it's so creepy. Like this show, anytime they do more detail than is necessary, it really hits home because yeah. they just don't do it very much. And this is Peter's face when he's woken up by the alarm seconds after he falls asleep and his eyes are so notably bloodshot and his, like <laughs> his pupils and irises are so small that it's just so creepy and unsettling. But like yeah. relatable. I, I felt that. I, I honestly, I felt that today, this yep. morning when I woke up. So big same. If, if that hasn't come through on the recording today, um, yeah, because <laughs> that's been the vibe for the day. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's such a good it is such a good face though, and that, I mean I love that that's like the last image of this <laughs> of this four parter, <laughs> right? No bow, no fucking bow. Yeah, they just end yeah. on a weird thing that makes sense. Imagine Fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean because it's still it does still feel appropriate because you know aside from the bounty benefactor stuff, a big part of the arc was just Peter literally cannot get rest yeah at, at one point and he's still and it is like a final nail in the coffin joke for him that he still can't get rest even at the end of all of this yeah so it's good that 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 is a, that is a good good bit of writing um you know and considering how like sort of for the most part pretty low stakes this arc has been i i i can appreciate when it's not a giant cliffhanger that it's ending on it's just sort of like one final beat for peter like poor guy can't get sleep it feels like the last panel of the little like bring on the bad guys comic trade that you'd be reading for this arc, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I like it. Um, <laughs> again, down on, 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 you know, some of the stuff in this episode with the chameleon specifically, which is like a bummer because it's like literally how it ends. But I do think as a whole, this arc really fucking rocks. Like it's yeah. so fun. So fun. very high on this, fu- this four parter premise was great. Most of the execution was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great idea. Yeah. I will be curious if the show ever does anything like this again, because there's not, I know in the final season, that's its own thing. And there's a half season left of this show. Yeah. But I don't know that they would do something like this twice in the same season. So this might be the only time we ever get this, this interesting structure of a four party made of multiple segments. Yeah. I I wouldn't expect them to do this again because this feels like pretty unique across everything we've watched from this show so far. Like we've had, we've had multi-parters, but they're more like just serious. Well, uh, I was going to say like, like an, a serialized story, but the spider Island one was a little bit all over the place at times. Yeah. Um, like as far as like how things led into the next episode. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like it though. I like it though. And I wouldn't want them to do it again unless they did it at least as well as this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, as much as we already know what the truth is, I, I yeah. still don't really know what the, like where exactly the story is going to go. I, I think, I think we're both on the same wavelength, even though we haven't said it on the pod of like what the storyline this is leading into is like in the broadest sense, but like exactly how this show executes that based on where everything is now, I truly don't know. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to just see how this all unfolds. We only have two more episodes that we're covering before we break from this show again for a while. Um, and I know that that's, I think it's technically a two-parter. So I'm sort of excited to see, like, it might work out that it feels like kind of a good, like, little mid-season finale for us anyway. Um, but even if not, I'm sort of looking forward to learning, having some yeah. kind of reveals and and seeing where the story is going. The show got me back. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, yeah. I was worried. I was worried, I was worried for, like, in the middle there for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm yeah. now back and intrigued and appreciating how they're doing stuff. Yep, me too. Me too. Well, if you're intrigued about supporting us and learning more about <laughs> us and seeing more things from us, I really thought we you... were gonna have the same segue, but 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. Uh, we've got lots of bonus stuff going on there. If you want to get bonus episodes from us, um, play walloping word snappers. Uh, if you want and hear me do it very, very badly and lose every time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's just a great place to support us. And you can also check out our discord. There's a link to that in the show notes. It's a great place to chat with us and other listeners. Um, we sometimes will do like live watches. So I mentioned before, but like we did watch like this episode for the first time together on that live watch. So if you want to experience our live reactions, that's a really cool thing to do. Um, get a little sneak peek of what we might end up talking about in a future while we website yeah. episode. Yeah. But Otherwise, Doug, people want to find you. Where's the best place to do that? You can find me all over the place at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a Glitter Jaw show called Novel Gaming, where my co-host Katie and I catch up on all the video games, books, and other media we have been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me most active on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. I'm on other platforms under that name or Dare Bear, Mr. Dare Bear. You can also find me on another Glitter Jaw show called Gimmicks, where my co-host David and I look at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television. Of course, find that anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find my Twitch at Mr. Dare Bear, where I will occasionally stream VHS recordings of old television airings with the original commercials. If you'd like to find other queer creators who talk about media, check out the Glitterjaw Queer Podcast Collective at Glitterjaw.com. That includes the podcast Doug and I are doing now, a new monthly podcast called Screeonk, a Godzilla movie marathon where we're stomping through Godzilla's filmography. It's been really fun, and our most recent episode is on 1984's The Return of Godzilla, which you can find now. Yeah. Visit us on our website, wallpingwebstoppers.com. That's a great place to find an archive of of all the things we're working on together. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallpingwebpod or email us at wallpingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, it's very helpful to rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast platform that you use. Um, This show helps, but also Screeonk. It's still a pretty new show because it's monthly. We don't update a ton. So giving a uh, rating or review when it's in its early life is a great way to support us early on and hopefully build up and help us build up an audience next week. This mysterious benefactor that we, you know, we never, we never could have guessed the identity of ever in a million years. Could have never guessed who it was. Finally, he is going to finally be revealed as doc. Ock in the episode (laughs) brain drain. Wow. See ya. 